Blog Talk Radio. They said you wouldn't make it so far. And ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry. Cause you had never let it go inside. You worked too hard. You know exactly what you want and need. So believe. And you can never give up. Welcome. You're listening to Get Into It with Tina Conroy on Blog Talk Radio, and I am your host. The phone line will be open, and that number is 516-387-1936. Also, I will have the chat room open, and the chat room is through Blog Talk Radio as well. Go to blogtalkradio.com, find my show, Get Into It with Tina Conroy, and you can chat away with us. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Today is Wednesday, July 8th. I hope everyone enjoyed a fantastic holiday weekend. It was a beautiful weekend here on the East Coast. I hope everybody enjoyed. We were at the beach, which is one of my favorite places in the summer, of course, living here in New York and Long Island, and it's always just a fantastic time. So I hope all of you enjoyed that as well. I am delving into a new topic this week, and I am so excited to do this. Uh, It's a little out of my comfort zone, but I am extremely grateful for the guests that I have to make it as easy and peaceful as possible. I have been talking a lot about, since January, about transformation, a lot about transformation and making changes and getting healthy. And as you know, if you've been following my shows, And having different guests on and my personal experience, I have been getting healthy with myself, healthy habits, and through healthy habits, have really learned through Take Shape for Life that there's so many areas of our life to get healthy, the body, the mind, and the finances. And I was surprised myself when I took the trilogy graph and I found that my finances were really out of balance. And of course, we're always working to get into balance, body, mind, finances, the trilogy, all of that. And it's something that I've always pushed off. I've been afraid to kind of look into finances or just, you know, look at them. And so I really feel like guests come to me. And nothing is a coincidence. So my guest today has been referred to me by my coach, and I couldn't be more happier to have her to break out of my comfort zone to talk about finances. So before we go there, I would like to center. This show is is built around all of the balance of our life and the trilogy, but it is also to connect to who we are on so many different levels. So if you can, just take a moment If you can't close your eyes, that's fine. Maybe just be still if you're in a workplace. If you can close your eyes, then go ahead and close your eyes. Take a nice, long, deep breath in and exhale away. And I'm just blessing everyone listening on the show. 
if you're listening live or if you're listening on the recording. I surround this show and everyone with support. I call in the angels, spirit to guide us, to support us in all our endeavors. As we connect, we find strength in community, strength in ourselves. And we know that we are always supported in the highest good. And so it is. So I've chosen three cards for our show today. And the first card I chose was counseling. Again, there was no coincidences. So the counseling card, and I believe that this will be in type of counseling. We will learn so much about retirement and so many different facts and and figures, but also the ease that Donna will bring to us. The second card is strength. And how phenomenal is that? These cards are coming up. Strength card, to be strong, to not be afraid, to look at the things that sometimes we don't want to look at, but to have the, the facts and to see what's in front of us. And then the third card is just a beautiful card to really close out the show is light and love, that we always have light and love in all situations as we are talking about finances, but it is all part of our healthy body, our mind, our spirit, our finances. So counseling, strength, light and love, the three cards for the show. I would love to introduce my fantastic guest, Dr. Donna Davis is a soon-to-retire baby boomer. She grew up in Queens, New York. She researched retirement for herself and shares her findings with fellow boomers. She now lives in Snowmass Village, Colorado. Retirement Basics, her most recent book, offers the perfect roadmap for anyone approaching retirement age and looking for guidance on making the most out of their future. Written in a straightforward Style, Retirement Basics provides common sense advice regardless of your financial situation with insight on saving, spending, timing your retirement, and putting retirement resources, including Social Security and 401k accounts, to work for you. Author Donna Davis taps into her personal experience as she guides readers through each aspect of retirement planning with practical, useful recommendations every step of the way. And Donna's book is available on Amazon. And I'm going to get her on the line. She's been waiting so patiently. Hi, Donna. Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited as well, and I know we've been chatting a little bit here and there, and you have eased my fear a little bit, and I know you'll do the same to all the listeners. So thank you for sharing your your gift and your passion and for writing the book. Oh, you're very welcome, and I'm happy to do it. Great. So let's just kind of maybe delve in, go back a little bit about your background, um, just exploring a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind sharing what brought you up to this point um, to write a book like this? Um, as we talked about, Tina, I am probably the least likely candidate to write a book like this because I do not have financial a financial background or a lot to know about it, but am a baby boomer 
who did not prepare for retirement and found myself at 58, single, living in a very expensive place, Aspen, Colorado, and trying to figure out how I was going to survive in the future. And I was a chiropractor in New York City. I spent a lot of time living on Long Island in Seacliff and absolutely loved New York and loved the North Shore of Long Island. Um, I also love where I live now. They're very different, but all wonderful. And as I was thinking about retirement, I was 58 last year. There was a lot of media and press about how almost half of all baby boomers weren't prepared for retirement. And it was a pretty bleak picture that they painted. And I wasn't sure how I was going to make it. So I decided to find out exactly how it all worked. Up until last year, I followed what I call the head in the sand retirement plan. I didn't <laughs> want to know anything about it. I didn't want to think about it. It was a mystery to me, and so was finance in general. So I just took this on to find out for myself how it all worked and Social Security, Medicare, retirement plans, things like that. I researched, read books, articles, websites pamphlets from government agencies, talked to financial planners, and what I found was there's a wealth of information out there. However, it's spread in, out in many, many different places. A lot of it is out of date, can be written in pretty tough to understand financial language, and some of it's just plain wrong. So as I gathered all of this information, I knew that it was making me feel better just to understand how the system works and be familiar with it. And I thought, there's so many baby boomers out there who need this information too. And I wanted to share what I'd learned with them and make it easier. The information itself is not all that hard but collecting it and putting it together and understanding what it means is. So that was the birth of the book, Retirement Basics, Help for Broke Baby Boomers. It's put together and what just for you. And what it covers is the fundamentals, the absolute basics of what Social Security is about. When can you collect your money? How do you find out? how much you're going to get, um, Medicare, when does that kick in, retirement plans, when can you start getting um, your money back that you've been saving all of this time. So there's a lot of information there, and it's all designed to make it easy to have it all in one place, in a very easy-to-understand manner. So I'm hoping that that helps you and helps as many people as possible go through what can be a challenging time. No, oh, absolutely. And I have to say that I, you know, I'm reading the book and thank you and I love your it has a little has a lot of humor to it too. So if you guys do get the book, it is on Amazon on ebook and you know Kindle ebook and also in print. 
I loved how each chapter has a quote from different songs. So I I, I kind of love that little bit of humor to it where, you know, you're reading, you know, a serious book, but as you go through, you know, I love one of the chapters and it, you know, you'll have a quote from the Beatles or you'll have a quote from another song. And I just love that. That was such a great, a great touch. Um, I love that because I, you know, at first I read it and I was, oh yeah, that's a song. That's a, that's a quote from a song. And then you would go into the chapter. So I love that you kept it light. You kept it fun. I love that there was a, you know, a reference to our song, the songs that are in, you know, the baby boomer world, right? Because a lot of those songs were around that time. And um, I just love that too. So you really brought some humor to the book. Um, You know, I have a question for you too. So I I have, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I was talking to a friend earlier and she goes, now what's a baby boomer? (laughs) And when was the baby boomers born? And uh, now I know my parents are baby boomers, but it does stretch a couple years. Do you know what are the year? What is the time frame of that? Born between the years of like end of 1950? Is that what we're talking, baby boomers? I think 50s is is the early part of it. It's early. And it goes till 1964. So even people born in the 60s can be baby boomers. Amazing. Yeah. um, the youngest baby boomers all just turned 50. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> my parents are right in there. I mean, my parents, you know, my dad had, I was born in 67. He graduated, you know, college the day, you know, a year after I was born. So he was right in that, that cusp. But, um, and they say that the statistics for baby boomers, that there's so many baby boomers per year that are, in retirement, right? It's like such a, like the biggest amount population of people, I believe. I saw a quote somewhere. Yes, it, it is a large, large group of people. I believe more than 76 million baby boomers mm. right now, and 10,000 baby boomers reach retirement age in this country every day. So wow. It's a massive amount of people. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So maybe we should delve right into... Uh, we'll start maybe with some questions on Social Security because that's always the big, you know, they're all going to be like, oh, you know, like you said. Um, now, can you just start out with Social Security is for everybody, right? So we all kind of know that and, you know, we used to have, we used to get those yearly little stubs, I believe, and I don't think we get those anymore. Can you speak on that? Sure. They made those um, statements that come out. They now come out every five years instead of every year. But you can find out your status and estimate what your payment is going to be at any time by going to the Social Security Administration um, website. And you open a little account called My Account. And there you'll see your entire working history, everything that you've made your entire life in front of you, and they'll have an estimator available where you can see if you stopped working today what your payments would be at different ages. Also, if you continued working on how that would change your your payments. So they do offer quite a bit, and that's ssa.gov that anybody can go on and look at. Okay, 
name. What was that site again? I want to I want to put that in the chat room. SS SSA Social Security Administration SSA.gov G-O-V. Okay. I have a chat room, so some people check in there, so I'm putting some links in there. And oh, great. so when do they so what about the benefits? When do they start when do we start collecting benefits in on Social Security? Okay. Um, this is a big question because there are several <laughs> options to this. And I'm going to stick with the three main ages that people tend to um, apply for benefits. I do want to point out, though, that you can apply for benefits at any time between the ages of 62 and 70 and the amount will be adjusted, the amount of your monthly payment will be adjusted according to your age. Now, the first age is 62, and that is the earliest that anybody can collect Social Security um, in this country. I do want to talk a little bit about full retirement age so that we can understand what the different ages mean. Full retirement age is when Social Security deems that you are eligible for your full benefit. It used to be 65 for everybody, and then in 1983, Congress changed the law, and they're trying to have people work a little bit longer before they can collect their full benefit. So now, full retirement age depends on the year you were born. For most baby boomers, it's going to be between the ages of 66 and 67. Now, if we get to the – go ahead. No, no, I'm just – I'm I'm listening. <laughs> I'm, oh. like, taking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the second part – of this, the most common age is full retirement age, because if you retire early or start collecting benefits before your full retirement age, your monthly payment is reduced. At 62, it's going to be reduced by between 25 and 30 percent, and that reduction lasts throughout your lifetime. So it is a very big decision, and it is a very big variation between um, what your payments will be. So we have 62. We have full retirement age, which we're going to call 66 for our purposes today. And then there's also age 70, because even though full retirement age sounds like that's the most, that's the highest your monthly payments will be, um, for every year that you delay collecting benefits after full retirement age, you get an 8% increase in your benefit, which means in those four years between 66 and 70, you can increase your monthly payment by 32%. So we have 62 is the earliest. Full retirement age is when you get your full benefit, and 70 is the maximum payment that you can receive. After that, it doesn't really pay anything. There's no reason to wait until after 70. And, okay, so I guess 
it, it's really those are the decisions some people need to know. Like I was still under the impression that it was 65. So there really is different choices in what your situation is, where you want to. Right. Okay. And so how would you, so I guess you just have to look at your situation and see what's the best benefit and when you should take it. Like what's the, I guess for each person, I guess it just depends on what, you know, if they're working or continue, should they continue to work? Is there a part of time that they should look at, um, is it worth it for them to continue working or not, right? Is there is there one of, is there a stipulation on that? Yes, and that's a great question, Tina, and a lot of people sort of need to know that, and it may, it's a big factor in when you decide to apply for your benefit. Social Security doesn't want to make it easy for you to collect your benefit and work full-time at the same time. They want to encourage everybody to wait a little bit longer and what that means is there's a penalty for working, um, for earning, rather, anything above $15,720 per year when you are under your full retirement age. And that is a very important thing. You can think, oh, I'm going to start collecting at 62. Average payment is 15000 a year. I'm going to make 60000 in those four years and put it in the bank while I'm still working. That really doesn't work because anything you make over the amount of 15720 is subject to a 50% penalty. So if you're working at a job and making $20 an hour, you're now going to be reduced to making $10 an hour. So you have to think when you are applying for your benefits, take that into account. Do you plan to work? And if you do, you may want to wait and collect later on and get a bigger payment. Because so many people are not, like, there's so many people I know that I can think on the top of my head that aren't retiring. You know, they're working deep into their late 60s, early 70s. So are they yes. just putting? They're putting that that off. Like I mean, I know that I I mean I can count almost ten people in my hand that, you know, for a lot of reasons they can't retire. Which we'll get into that. I mean, that's another whole topic, but part yes. of this topic. I mean, really, I mean, you know, the sixty-two year comes, the sixty-five year comes, and then they they can't retire. So they're working up until their seventies or you know mid seventies sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's a great question, too, Tina. Things have really changed in this country over the last decade or two, and part of the issue is that people are living so much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be, you know, you retired at 65. You know, maybe you would make it to 70 and a few people, 80, but now it's very common for people average age at, at dying for women is 86.5, you know, 86 mm-hmm. and a half years old. So that has increased so much. So people are putting off retirement and thinking long term because longevity comes into play. You want to think and look at your family, your own medical history. 
you know, people in your family live a long time or or not? Your own medical history, have you had any major illnesses or does your family history have major illnesses in it that you're susceptible to? So all of these factors are worrying people. People are scared because retirement can last 30 years and they have to provide for themselves. So a lot of people are working longer and waiting to collect their benefits till age 70 so that they can get their payment as high as possible. So if they live until their late 80s and 90s, they have the most that they are able to get. Mm, And that really can make a big difference. Yeah, I can. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're right. There's so many people that are living longer, and you know, they're just taking it longer. I mean, you know, I just look at my family in general, and my my immediate family, my aunts, my uncles. You know, in their, you know, definitely in the baby boomer age. You know, 68, 69, 67, 66, and you know, some of them have just started new careers. So, so it's like they have a you know they they're really going to be working for quite some time. Um we do have a we do have somebody on the switchboard that has a question. Are you open for some questions, Donna? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So, the last four digits, your number is 0570. I'm just going to get you on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Um I just wanted to thank both of you for bringing this important information to the public. Um and I actually have had the pleasure of reading Donna's book. And I have to say for any of you that, you know, your eyes might be uh, glazing over, it's um, it's a really very simple, concise, um, easy, and enjoyable book to read. So I strongly recommend um, that you do so. But, Donna, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, I know um, if your spouse, let's say, decides at um, 66 to take their Social Security, um, are you eligible, I believe you're eligible to take half of their Social Security while yours still grows, and then maybe you can take yours at 70. Am I correct on that? Yes, you are. Um, First of all, thank you very much for calling in. And this is a great question and one that's very, very common and misunderstood. And people can actually lose out on getting quite a lot of um, money during those years uh, if they don't apply for spousal support when they can. So the basic rules of this are that if your spouse has reached full retirement age, they can apply for benefits, and then they suspend payment. So they don't receive anything, but they do apply for it. And they wait until age 70 to start collecting. That way, between 66 and 70, their payment is going to continue to increase. At the same time, if you have reached full retirement age, you can apply for spousal support, and that is, you're correct, 50% of your spouse's payment. So if your spouse is uh, receiving $2,000, 
your payment would be $1,000, and your payment does not affect the amount of your spouse's. So his is not decreased, his or her, I should say, is not decreased, you know, when you start taking benefits. Now, the difference, there's a little bit of a difference here. If you wait till full retirement age, your own benefit can continue to increase as well. And when you reach age 70, you can take the higher of the two, um, what, what you would get on your own earning record as opposed to what you're getting in spousal support. Now, if you are not full retirement age, you're between 62 and 66, the rules are very different. If you collect or apply at 62, you are in fact entitled to 50% of the spouse's um, monthly payment but it will be reduced just like an individual would be. So if your spouse is getting 2000 your 50% would be 1000 but at 62 it would go down to 700 So that's the basics of how that works. Did you have any other questions? Or did that, did that help? Yes, that helps, that helps a lot. Thank great. you. Well, thanks for calling in. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you so much for calling in. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Bye. It's really good stuff to know, Donna. I, I, I really, it's, it's just, it's so good. I'm taking notes as you're talking, by the way. And I feel like I've been, <laughs> I've been, I, I love, you know, part of having people on the show such as you is to really bring the awareness to so many parts of our lives. And if it's passion and intuition and finances and a healthy body, we talked all about that. But it really allows us to to learn. And we're always in this process of learning. We're always in this process of learning. And how you said earlier how, you know, you kind of stump, you were the last person to ever write a book like this and you kind of put your head in the sand and, you know, I'm. I think I'm deeper in the sand than you, but um, I'm really, you know, I'm really thinking like, wow, you know, it's not that far off, and I need to look at my future, and it, that's the part of the whole healthy plan, right? And uh, so, thank you because you're you're really helping so many people. Um, you're, go, ahead. go ahead, Donna. I'm sorry. I was just going to say you're welcome and thank you for oh. for that. And I do, you know, there's half of all the baby boomers that comes out to 36 million people that aren't prepared and may not know this information. And I'm hoping that it's helpful to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. To everybody, even, you know, baby boomers and non-baby boomers. So, So should we switch gears and let's see, I want to make sure we covered, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, there's so much you could talk about in Social Security, but we hit upon some really important topics before we kind of move on into some of the other topics uh, you speak about. No, I think we covered the major topics that people like to know. Those are usually the big questions, the when, the where, how much kind of thing. And certainly we can move on to something else unless there's another question. That's, That's great. 
Okay, let me just ask. So there is a couple people on my switchboard. I have a, a bunch of people. If you would like a question for author Donna Davis, please, you need to hit one on your phone, and then I will know it comes up that you have your hand raised. Oh, there's someone here. Okay. So the last four digits is 3922. You're on the air? Hi. First, hi. I'd like to say hi, Donna. Hi. Uh, I bought your book. We went to school together many years ago. It's Suzanne Doyle. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Suzanne. How Hi. are you? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but I did have a question, and what sure. happened was I was um, married. I'm now divorced, and my ex-husband is two years younger than I am. Do mm-hmm. I have to wait till he's 62 to apply for his benefits or can I apply when I'm 62? Because you're divorced there's it's different than if you are still married and I don't believe you need to wait until he's 62. There's no requirement on that. Where You will need to have been married at least 10 years and you can collect just like spousal support 50% of what his payment would be at that time. At the time, yeah, because we were married 23 years. Oh, my goodness, you definitely qualify. (laughs) Yeah, so I definitely qualify for that. So, But I wasn't sure because when I read the book, I was a little like, does it say I can, does it say I can't? And I wasn't Um, sure, so. But no, now that I know I can, I'm not concerned. (laughs) You can, and your um, payment, what you receive, doesn't affect his payment or if he's remarried, his current spouse's payment. Your payment is independent from that. Okay, yes, because he's he's, uh, remarried. I'm not, and if Mm -hmm. I remarry, that would change, correct? That would change completely. If you're remarried, you're not entitled to spousal support. Okay. So that would go away. So hold off until to remarry until after you're collecting. <laughs> Trust me, I will. <laughs> okay. No well, question. Suzanne, I am so excited to talk to you. It has been a real. We went to elementary school together. Oh wow! Not high school or college? This uh, is yeah. going uh, way way back. Yeah, no, we were so, in grammar school together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it has been a really long time. That's fantastic. And, Suzanne, you, you're in the New York area? Yes, I am. I'm okay. still in uh, Donna's hometown of Queens. Awesome. Great. Oh, it's so nice. I got You got to connect on air, live broadcasting. So isn't that great and how know, we can do that? Fun. And the funny thing is my youngest daughter is best friends with the people who currently live where Donna used to live. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so odd. I was like, this is like meant to be, so... Great, but, great to um, talk with you. Oh, wonderful it, to hear that. I'm glad my house is, is my old house is is doing well. And it's it's doing it in, well in the circle of friends. Yes, and it survived Sandy and all that stuff. So wow. Oh, yeah. So, but anyway, I just want to wish you well on the book and thank you for answering my question and uh, stay good. And thank you. you. Well. Thanks, Suzanne. Thanks right. so much Take for calling care. in, Suzanne. No Bye-bye. problem. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Well, that was a nice treat. How how exciting is that? That's so cool. You never know who's going to call in on radio. All right. So 
anybody else that has a question, please, you can hit one on your touchtone phone. Okay. Okay. I think we're good for now. So maybe okay. since uh, we'll want to want to move forward to Medicare, the big the big word, Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> All these. Yes. Okay. Um, so it, it is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Medicare. Uh, actually, what is it, right? Everyone thinks we know what it is. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's that thing. Like, they ask you on the piece of paper if you have the secondary insurance or do you have Medicare? <laughs> but that's all mm-hmm. I kind of know. So uh, can you enlighten me with Medicare? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it is. Um, it doesn't have to be so confusing, but it's set up in different parts. Now, Medicare is health insurance for those over 65 who've lived in the country, in the U.S., for at least 10 years and also have, I'm sorry, five consecutive years and have worked and contributed into Medicare for at least 10 years. So when you get your paycheck, taxes are taken out every week or however often you're paid, Um, for both Social Security and Medicare. So this is something basically that you've paid for in advance, and the whole idea is so that as people age, they can have quality medical care. So it's divided into four parts, um, basically, and they're A, B, C, and D, and there's also something called supplemental insurance that we need to talk about. So part A is going to be hospitalization. It covers you when you're in the hospital, um, and it will cover your surgery, any equipment, supplies, and medication that you receive while you are in the hospital. You must be admitted and be an inpatient, not just emergency care. So that's part A. Part B is your medical coverage, like your doctor's visits, physical therapy, things like that, that'll be covered. And a tricky part of Medicare is that it covers about 48% of your total medical bills. And that's important to know because a lot of people think that Medicare covers everything. And health And medical expenses are the main reason or the main thing that affects your finances as you age. So the more you're paying out in medical expenses, the less you're going to have. So it pays to avoid those serious injury um, illnesses. So anyway, your Part A has a $1,260 deductible that you must pay before you are admitted into the hospital. And then... Medicare Part B has both a deductible and a premium. The premium for most people is $104 per month, and that's taken out of your Social Security payment. And there's a $147 deductible per year. And when you go, you're subject to, like most insurances, they pay 80% of your medical care and you are responsible for any co-pays or non-covered services. Part C is all-inclusive. It's sort of like an HMO where you go to the same facility, you see their doctors, and 
pretty much everything is contained um, in one place or um, are part of a network of things. And usually that will include your Part A, Part B, and your prescription drug coverage. And the prices of that vary depending on where you live and what the company is. Part D is medical coverage, prescription drugs, and there's a host of different companies. And you can go online to the Medicare site, um, medicare.com, .gov, and see, put in your prescriptions, put in the frequency that you take them and the dosage, and they'll tell you the companies that are in your area that will cover the specific things that you need. There are um, deductibles and there are co-pays, and they vary greatly from company to company. So this is something you need to do a little bit of research on and find out which company is going to be the best for you. The next part of this is Medigap, and that's your supplemental insurance. And there are about 10 different Medicare um, Medigap policies, and they are the same from coast to coast. They have standardized levels of care for what is covered in each. And they are letters also, and they have letters between A and N. So if you see something, a uh, supplemental insurance um, plan A or plan F or plan N, that's what they're talking about. And each plan, regardless of where you are in the country, except for a few exceptions, will be exactly the same. They will, however, cost differently. So if you live in Louisiana, it's not going to be the same price if you live in New York City, unfortunately. So, again, you have to research the pricing on this and see what, um, what's best for you. Now, what this covers is most of the things that aren't covered by the other parts of Medicare. So if you're paying 80% of your, your doctor visit, 20% will then be picked up by your supplemental insurance. So I hope that gives you a broad overview. And, Tina, if you have any questions or something wasn't clear about that, certainly just let me know and we can talk about it a little more. Okay. No, I I, I, I mean, I do, I get it. So it's open, it is available to everybody, and that's, I always never knew that. Well, it's, it's not available to everybody. It's only available if you have contributed into the system, like Social oh, Security, okay. in your lifetime. Right. Okay. I mean, it's okay. available if, if you worked. Right. And you have okay. to be at least 65. And this is an important point that I always like to bring up about Medicare, is that um, you can start collecting your Social Security benefits at 62, but Medicare doesn't um, come into play until 65. So you have three years in there where you're going to have to, if you're not working, you're going to have to supplement or find another policy to cover you during that time. And that can be very expensive. So that's something that needs to be taken into consideration when you are trying to decide when you want to begin your payments from Social Security. Okay, very good point. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Okay, wow. 
So maybe I know it's like okay, but I I it makes a lot more you know it's just starting to make more sense and and like I said I'm reading the book so that's so helpful and I'm sure I, I love I'm the kind of person that too likes to read the book and then go back and read a book you know I kind of mm-hmm. do one of those so it's been really helpful to me. Um, believe it or not, we're down to about 15 minutes in the show so I want to move to a little bit of a lighter topic. Um, and and there's so much more we could cover. So you guys, if you're listening, please. There's there's so much more that Donna goes through in the book. She talks about um, different plans, like such as your 401k and your pension plans and things like that. So I am moving ahead on the book, but I figured we would close out the show on a lighter note and talk about um, one of your favorite chapters in the books. Um, although I know there's a lot <laughs> is is uh, living abroad and, and finding places to retire in the world. So let's let's go there to the, uh, I feel like singing a song, you know, to the beaches in Hawaii. But um, <laughs> I, we can share, we can, maybe you can share with us on the lighter topic where it is to, um, you know, the least expensive places to retire in the world and things like that. Sure. Um, there are a several, I wanted to just mention that this is the chapter that made me start thinking about songs from the 70s and <laughs> and Beach Boy songs, um, Kokomo, about going and traveling. And I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning one day and said, oh, I have to put these songs in there because songs make people happy. And this is a time of our life, probably high school, where these songs were all popular. So I did enjoy that was one of the more fun parts of putting the book together. But there are several countries that really cater to um, retirees, not just from America, but from all over the world. And the number one place this year is Ecuador, has just mm-hmm. come into number one. It used to be Panama, and Panama has worked very hard. They offer a great retirement discount program where everything you do, your utilities, your travel in the country, your medical, dental, vision, all of these things have fantastic discounts, even eating at restaurants, food you buy in in grocery stores. So they make it as attractive as possible to get retirees down there. Both Ecuador and Panama have these programs. Now, to move there, you... um, need to be able to prove a certain amount of income. And they make this very low. In Panama, it's $500 for an individual. And in Ecuador, it's $800. That means um, you just have to show that you have income. What they're afraid of is they don't want you to become a liability to the country. So you must have some type of proof of income, either from a 401K, Social Security, or something like that. They want to make sure you can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. But they make it as easy as possible to get visas. Um, these two countries don't have a deposit requirement as some others do, and some can be really large. And their medical care, both, they work very hard to increase their infrastructure so that you can have all the services you're accustomed to, your electric, hot water, and um, Internet and things like that, good roads. They're improving all the time because they want people to come and they want people to stay there. Now, let me ask you a question, Donna. Do you still get, if you move to any of these places, these two places that you mentioned, 
can you use your me- Medicare is only in the states, right? So can you take you can't use Medicare in Panama that's, or yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And that's a okay. great question because a lot of people don't realize that Medicare does not cover you when you go overseas unless it's in American territory, you know, like American Samoa or something like that. Um so you do have to find an alternate source of um, insurance for yourself. And sometimes you can get local insurance, and actually a lot of people pay out of pocket. They don't have insurance, but because the medical and dental care is so inexpensive, they feel that they don't need to spend the money on the insurance, and they wait until they have some type of, of problem. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm. So those are the two hot hot places, the abroad abroad places, right now. Right. Those are the okay. two hottest places right now. Ecuador being the number one um, retiree location in the world, but there are several others that are trying to come about that have retirement communities and retirement areas, like Nicaragua is one. Makes it very attractive to move there. Um, you only need to prove $600 worth of income. For their Belize, you need to um, prove about $2,000. But Belize, Belize has a lot of tax advantages, and you can become a resident relatively quickly so that um, your taxes are, are much lower. So you'd have to look into the whole tax thing there, but a lot of people move there for that particular reason. And I hear it's Mexico, beautiful, too. I hear Belize I hear it is gorgeous. Too. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had been there. I like to. I would like to go there. I've only been reading about it, but it sounds wonderful. I'm a snorkeler and scuba diver, so it sounds like a bit of a paradise for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, the waters they say are really, really amazing. Cool. Our nearest neighbor that a lot of people retire to is Mexico. Mexico has a little bit more stringent requirements to get long-term and permanent visas because otherwise we'd all move there. So (laughs) you need to prove about $2,000 worth of income or show that you have $95,000 in the bank when you go there so that you'll be able to cover your own expenses. And that's throughout the whole country. As in all of these countries, there's such a variety of places to live. There's beach communities, mountain communities, big cities. So there's so much that you can go and um, experience. Now, I have a question coming through the chat room. What is the best uh, place in the United States to retire? Ah, very good question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think about. We all used to often. think it was Florida, right? We all. I always thought it was Florida <laughs> since I was little. Everyone's going to Florida. <laughs> it's it's New Yorkers. It's like you retire, you go to right. Florida. That's, that's go to exactly Miami. Go, right. Yeah. And I might end up there. I have a lot of friends in Florida, so that's that's not out of the question. But um, there are some really good places in the U.S. that have a low cost of living that cater to. Um, retirees also. There are several in Texas, Harlingen, Harlingen, Texas, McLaren, Texas. Austin is very reasonable. Then here in Colorado, there's Pueblo, which is very reasonable. Now, I have had the great advantage of living in two of the most 
expensive places in the world most of my life. Yeah, New York City. New York, and New York City and Aspen, Colorado. So I have to wonder, you know, I understand why I haven't saved for retirement, but I've led a very good and exciting life. So exactly. Everything's yeah. a trade-off. But there are great places, and um, in Retirement Basics, I do go over the 10 um, small cities in the country that have a low cost of living, that take care of retirees, and have a lot of advantages to living there. So thank you for that question. Um, It's a great question. And no, you don't have to move overseas to get taken care of. And, of course, here you're going to have um, Medicare coverage so that's right. for, your, um, for your health needs. Right. And that's one thing to consider when you're moving, whether here or abroad, if you have any kind of specific health needs to make sure that they're available to you. Very good, yeah. I know there's been a, um, and again, this could be just my personal uh, little, air, you know, my little, pocket of people, but I know that Arizona has gotten very popular, and a lot of people, um, actually not even, like my one of my girlfriends that I grew up with, our children were young, she's now moved to Arizona, she's been there about 10 years, and um, so way before retirement, but there it seems to be building momentum, so, uh, you know, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's another place too. I mean, it seems like for New York, we just want to go warmer, and we want to get, you know, we want to get less expensive. I mean, it's so expensive, right? I mean, I'm the same way. I'm, you know, where I live and I'm right outside of Manhattan and, you know, we kind of, you work really hard for, you know, high taxes and things like that. So, but this has been very, very helpful for me and so many listeners. I know we could go on and on and ask many different questions. We're about down to five minutes. Um, I just want to let everybody know that, um, your book is on Amazon. I said that before, but please check it out on Amazon. And um, also, obviously, you could do the ebook or the paper book. And then um, I put it in the chat room, but maybe, Donna, you can, I know if they go to your website, www.boomerblast.net, they will receive the free copy of Zen of Social Security, Seven Things You Need to Know to Calm Your Fears. So that's fantastic. So everybody uh, go there, and Donna has a blog. So b- you blog once a month, Donna, on there? I, I blog at least once a month, but often I blog a lot more frequently. It's okay. the summer now, so I'm on my once-a-month once schedule, but during the winter it was about once a week to keep everything up to date. And I do offer that um, seven seven things to calm your fears, and they're just the, the very basics that people need to know for Social Security, nice and easy, and you can get that for free on my website, which is boomerblast.com. Oh, I'm saying the wrong thing, sorry. Uh, boomerblast.net. Good. And they can reach you through that as well if they wanted to leave yes, a message for you personally? Contact, yeah, on the contact page, um, you can email me, and I'll, I'll email you back. So you can ask any questions that perhaps we haven't covered today. Perfect. Well, thank you. I am so honored to have you. Our hour flew by, as it just seems like it always does. Uh, You've enlightened me to take my head out of the sand, so I appreciate (laughs) that. And um, I will continue reading, and obviously if I have any questions, I will be 
reaching out to you. Um, thank you so much for bringing this book out to the public and for sharing. And, you know, I know you said that you had, you were the least person to do it, but I think you're the best person to do it. And <laughs> really, really, it must have called your name. And, you know, I really believe nothing is coincidental. And you're helping so many people with a lot of ease, with a lot of grace. And so thank you for all that you've done. I mean, you're a healer. You you heal people. You know, I know your background was in, you know, chiropractic and massage and health coach. And, and now you're healing as well, the finances. So thank you for bringing this to a brighter and larger audience. Tina, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love your show, and I am just so pleased to have been on it. So thank you very much. And just as you said, I hope this book, and any information about it can help as many people as possible. Well, thank you. Well, you have a fantastic day, and um, we will put this out, everybody. This will go into recording, so just watch out for our Facebook pages and so forth, and the recording will be available very soon. Thank you so much, Donna. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome, and likewise. Bye, Tina. Bye-bye. Bye now. Well, thank you, everybody. We're down to a couple minutes. I just want to announce a few things coming up. Next Wednesday, I have special guest Ellie Molina. Ellie is an educator. She's an author, and she is developed Psy Kids. So she works with children to develop their psychic abilities. Fantastic, amazing person. We're going to have so much fun next week. We're going to talk about remote viewing and treasure chests and children really developing these areas, and she does workshops all around the country. The following Wednesday, July 22nd, I am back on the air with my co-host Lisa Ellis from Angels All Around Us, and we will be doing readings, a whole hour of readings just for you. So stay tuned for that. And then the following, very last Wednesday of the month, I will be hosting Haley Foster. Haley Foster is a phenomenal woman who has created fostering and helping other women, entrepreneurial women, in my local hometown in the New York area. And I will share her insights with you to build your business, to help you thrive, and to keep you connected. And all of my shows are at 2 o'clock. They're also on podcast and on on uh, Apple iTunes. So thank you so very, very much. I always in gratitude. Namaste. They said you wouldn't make it so far And ever since they said it, it's been hard But never mind the night you had to cry Cause you had never let it go inside You worked real hard and you know exactly what you want And need so believe And you can never give up You can reach your goal Talk to your